Kennedy is making the same face right now that uh, she made when McConnell asked her if she wanted to take a nap. <laughs> hey, do you want to take a nap today? No. Okay, just making right. sure. Hello, it is Wednesday, August 19th, and we're back, both as teachers and in the podcasting world. Even though we did two episodes last week, it's been over a week since we last recorded an episode. We are, of course, the Real Rose of Holly Springs. I'm Brandon Rhodes, joined by Joey Will, the pork chop to my applesauce. Uh, I am actually a little confused about that. I, I don't I don't put applesauce with my pork chop. I'm a little confused about that. You're going to have to break that... Uh that analogy down for me that's like a well-known like combination pork chops and applesauce that's like on the brady bunch that's like one of like the little the little guys said bobby brady was like pork chops and applesauce like in a cute no that's not all right that, that, it's not ringing a, a bell but i would love for you to uh to play that sound clip as part of this podcast for the listeners so they can at least hear that version not your version yeah let's, let's make it let's make a note of doing that pork chops and applesauce <laughs> But if it's a common thing and it's a, a thing that people like, then I'm all for it. Like, I obviously didn't know about it. So I hope people like it uh, a lot more than I knew about it. Yeah, uh, hopefully someone in the audience got that reference. Um, so as a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at marketing underscore HSHS, where we can, you can find all of our Instagram and Twitter content, where you can reach out to us with any ideas or questions you have. I think our plan right now is to start off the school year with one episode per week as we had tried to adjust to actually being back at work. As you'll find out a little later, that's been a little bit more difficult of an adjustment than we perhaps anticipated. For sure. Uh, I, I think getting used to our online remote learning schedule and the times and how we can mesh up our uh, afternoons or mornings together, I think is going to be the biggest issue, but, you know, hopefully we can figure it out, get a little bit consistency with what we do. And maybe we'll do an episode every Wednesday. Cause that kind of splits the week. I think it's going to be tough for us to do two, um, every week, like we have been, uh, but we're going to do our best to figure it out. And I, I think we're going to still be able to create some, some hopefully wanted content, unlike some, some content that we put out last week. Yeah. So why don't we get to that real quick first? Uh, so I, I, one of our things on uh, Anchor, our podcast platform, has a thing where you can kind of see like how many people have listened to different parts of the podcast. And like sometimes, like the very beginning or the very end, like kind of you know the, the podcast a little bit less listened to. But I've we've never had a segment in our forty episode history where listenership just completely fell off a cliff. It is obvious that none of you watch Big Brother or none of you want to listen to us talk about Big Brother. That was made very readily evident by you guys pressing skip forward 15 seconds about uh, a bunch of times till we got to our interview with Mitch Patchett. So lesson learned on that, I guess. You, you know, I, I think it's because people were just so excited about listening about our conversation with Patchett that they just wanted to get to that point um, because they were so excited about that versus listening to Big Brother before it. So, you know, I'm still a Big Brother fan. Whether you guys like it or not, I don't care. I want to talk about it. So if there's any listeners to our podcast that want to talk about Big Brother, we can record it and we'll start a Big Brother uh, recap podcast as a separate segment. And maybe Rhodes will be a part of it or not if he, he likes it. But, you know, I'm a little disappointed that some people just don't like the things that I like. 
Yeah, I just honestly looked at the the graph and just like died laughing. Uh, I sent the picture to Will like last couple days ago, and I was just like, I'm sorry, man. It's just a couple people did listen to the first minute or two of our Big Brother talk, and then just, whew, then they uh, then they stopped. Um, so so uh, yeah, so I guess maybe we'll pause on our Big Brother thoughts for this week. Um, well, but, we, we obviously need to have a side session where we talk about it because, you know, you don't have the evidence because we didn't do a video part of it, but I, I was pretty good at my predictions. So we definitely need to still talk about it because I need to have somebody to talk about Big Brother or I will stay up at night and not get my sleep. Fair enough. Speaking of some bad predictions you had uh, last week, you lost both of our drafts last week about things that are the best to have in the classroom and best TV theme songs. I'll have to add up the totals for our next episode, but... I am winning a lot. Uh, right now, I am just the Damian Lillard of uh, podcast drafts, just reigning in 40-footers 40, 40 like left and right. Um, I did hear some comments from people that thought your microwave-fridge combo for the classroom draft was a little odd, and they asked if you taught inside a kitchen. Um, but any thoughts on, on last week's draft? Well, I, I think the problem for people, and I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, there's obviously people that vote or – are voting for our Twitter polls that do not listen to our podcast uh, because if they did, they would understand these explanations. So um, I, I'm going to maybe say, and hopefully for, for you, you agree. Uh, maybe we should put a note into the Twitter poll. Like maybe you should listen to our podcast before voting um, <laughs> because then you would understand that the microwave uh, fridge combo is I think a, a thing that a lot of people would be okay with as teachers like it's personal to me I don't care what the students want out of a classroom this is what we wanted out of the classroom so I don't think it's that weird but I'm not the one voting and maybe at some point we'll have to test your theory that people are just voting for me blindly and just put out an obviously rigged poll where you obviously won to see if uh, I get votes for that anyway so that's not maybe not yeah, I'm honestly like I don't mean to cut you off like I know for a fact that a lot of the voting is going your way now because you have more personal people that whether it's former students like the 2017 class or your friends or whatever, they just like you and they're voting for you no matter what. So I think we should do it because the people that are voting blindly anyways, aren't listening to this podcast and will not hear this rant. So let's rig it. Let's rig it. Let's rig it right away. And let's put something out there that for sure there's no way people in their right mind would vote for you. They would vote for me in normal circumstances, but they just like you better. You know what? We'll test that out. We're, we're posting this podcast tomorrow, but today after we finish recording this right now on Wednesday, I'll put a poll out of a fake draft that we had and I will obviously, we can obviously rig it towards you and we'll see what the results of that are. But I will say though, the first like eight, nine drafts, you won like all of them and it's the same voter audience. So I don't necessarily I like entirely. We got. I feel like we've gotten more subscribers, like not you know, obvious subscribers because we don't have people subscribe to our podcast. But I think we've gotten a lot more people to like consistently listen to. And these drafts, dude, like some of these drafts that I've lost, I've actually had some really good drafts, and you've admitted to that. Like you've told me you've got a good draft, and then I get demolished in the voting. So either me and you are like on one level of thought and then everybody else just kind of like disagrees with what we think and then go back to I like Rhodes better than Joey or 
they just hate me. I don't know what it is. Do they not, do they not like what they, they see because they can't see the podcast anyways? Do they not like the sound of my voice? Do they not like my opinions? Like, what is it that people are punishing me in these drafts for? Because I'm getting sick and tired of losing every single time. All right. For our listeners out there, maybe next time just throw him a pity vote because it seems like he's getting sad. So, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of things that, you know, from Big Brother earlier that people don't really care about, brief Aussie football segment. Uh, Will, you want to tell me what you said yesterday when, uh, when we were talking about my squad, the Fremantle Dockers? Well, uh, you, dude, I can't remember what I said on our segment with McConnell or our we're, future segment with McConnell. We're doing better lately. Like, we, we've won two in a row, and we lost a heartbreaker last week on a goal kicked after the sirens, like after time expires. People are calling it one of the craziest finishes ever. Four officiating calls in the last 15 seconds all went against us, and we lost in heartbreaking fashion. They just ripped my heart out of my chest and threw it into the coral reef that I feel like exists all around Australia. They just threw my heart on the Barbie. Can we put out for our voting, can we just say, what, what do you guys hate talking or listening about more? Rhodes talk about Aussie football or us talk about Big Brother. What would they rather listen to? Because I don't know if that rant is going in a good direction or a bad direction for that, the answer to that question. Whatever. At any rate, our young players are playing great. So your Fremantle Dockers update is – is the trajectory going forward is is unbelievable. It's this is a great time to jump on the Dockers bandwagon. I can even recommend a couple of good Dockers podcasts for you. I've been listening to. So that's it for that. Next, last week you went to Asheville. How, how was the trip? I was. It was good, man. Uh, Tuesday I, I went down. My my cousin lives in Charlotte, so I went down on Tuesday night, um, and we went golfing Wednesday morning, and then from there. Went to Asheville, stayed uh, in a hotel in downtown Asheville on Wednesday, and then we had kind of like a big house um, where the family stayed Thursday through uh, Sunday morning. But um, for, for those that have been to Asheville and have been able to like walk around downtown and kind of enjoy some of the things that Asheville's known for that we can't necessarily talk on the podcast, um, you know, I, I had a great, great time uh, with that and kind of getting to explore just a, a different city like I, I have been to Charlotte a couple times and I've been really stuck around here for most of the you know the last four or five months so it was nice to get out and do something different um uh we we went golfing in the mountains one of the days which was really cool I haven't really golfed on a, a course that's just in the middle of the mountains so that was nice I wish I would have been able to maybe go hiking one of the days uh, if we would have had time to do that. But all in all, man, it was a good trip. It was a good time to spend uh, with family and to, to do some things that I enjoy doing uh, that I, I've kind of missed out on being stuck uh, around Fuquay a lot. That's awesome. That sounds like a fun trip. And yeah, as I, as I noticed coming even here to school to classroom, just changing things up a little bit, uh, going to a different location as opposed to just staring at the, the walls of your living room every day. Are, that's a pleasant experience. Yeah, I honestly, dude, like one of the reasons why I'm coming into school right now is because I've been stuck in my house for five months and I, I'm quite tired of either being in my living room or my bedroom. Like those, those I'm tired of those two rooms. So we'll see how long it is before I get tired of being in an empty classroom and an empty school building. But for now, it's much better to leave my house and come here and then go back to my house. So I, I like that, that stability and uh, set up in my schedule. I actually like hanging out in my classroom. Uh, I 
really enjoy that. I kind of, it's nice to have some alone time. I haven't had a whole lot of alone time in the last couple of months. Uh, and before we move on to our next segment with the college we already taped, I do want to say, I was maybe a little bit too negative in that. I do want to point out, because I know there are some parents of some of my students in class, like, it was great to be back. It didn't necessarily go as well as I hoped it would go, but I still am hopeful that we can have a great semester here online. Uh, I know that I did harp a little bit on the negatives, but I am hopeful for what is to come this semester and hope that it turns out to be great. Well, honestly, I, I was going to record a, a little bit of that before you just gave that disclaimer and send it to Ruzar, because I think Ruzar would be very upset to hear that you want all this alone time. I, I think he would be barking and sighing and scratching at the door of your classroom to get in uh, to stop that alone time. But uh, I think the disclaimer is good because I think you go on a, a very good negative rant about uh, remote learning. Uh, but to get to that, coming up next, we will be bringing on the guy who completes our Holy Trinity, Guy McConnell, and his daughter for a few words. Coming up next after a word from our sponsor. Have you been listening to us for the past couple months and knowing your heart of hearts you can do a much better job podcasting? Well, first of all, you'd probably be right. But now, you finally have the chance to hone your podcasting skills. From choosing a topic to your podcast, how to choose topics for guests, how to pretend you have sponsors and make fake commercials, and how to edit and market your podcast, there's finally a class to teach you all of those skills. The Real Bros Podcast School is perfect for those of you who want to do what we do, only better. After only four hour-long classes, you'll be ready to wow your listening audience with your mad skills, yo. And at only $150, you can't afford not to take this class. Email us for inquiries and to schedule your first podcast class today. B-Roads4 at WCPSS.net or jwill at WCPSS.net. Today we welcome back someone who is not just a guy, but the guy. Our friend, our three-on-three basketball teammate, the incomparable Guy McConnell. Welcome back, and we welcome his daughter, Kennedy. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I got my hands full today. Kennedy is joining us. Can you say hello, Kennedy? Hello. <laughs> yeah, this will be a lot of fun, uh, having a five-year-old on the show. Definitely a for, new for experience the, for all of us. For the listeners that can't see, because none of you can see, she is currently holding a uh, horse mascot that will be accompanying her throughout the process. So you might hear some horse uh, noises in the near future. Uh, the horse that I won for playing carnival games at the boardwalk in Delaware. Uh, so I'll say that. And I will say before we start, Kennedy is absolutely probably my favorite five-year-old in the world and probably the child that I am the best friends with out of every kid in the world. So one of my good friends, Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> and she is making a face right now as if she's never seen me before in her life. That's supposed to be, he was being nice. You're supposed to say thank you. Thank I, th you, I think there might be some video uh, video content in the near future for some of our, our listeners. Kennedy is making the same face right now that uh, she made when McConnell asked her if she wanted to take a nap. <laughs> hey, do you want to take a nap today? No. Okay, just making right. sure. Kennedy, before we start, before we start asking your dad, before we start talking about our first day of class yesterday, do you want to tell us how kindergarten's going so far? Kennedy started kindergarten this week. Uh, how's kindergarten going? How's kindergarten going? Good. <laughs> Good. Perfect. Good. So I'm glad she's having a fun time in kindergarten so far. Say hi. Hey, so this is like a little radio show for people. So then they, and they, they really want to hear like what you've been up to. Do you want to tell everybody uh, what, what the name of your kindergarten teacher is? <laughs> What's the name of your teacher? Mm, Say her. 
Her name is Miss Ballard. I know. <laughs> what was the what was the most fun thing you did when you were in class this morning, Kennedy? Singing songs. Singing songs. What, what were you singing songs about? I heard there was maybe some animal noises going on there. Like, what, what, what's, what's your favorite animal? Mm. Dog. Um. Dog? Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um. I sure like dogs. I like dogs. You like dogs? dogs? Okay. I think we've all seen the problem with online learning is it's, it's easier to cheat in online learning. So thank you for sh sharing that with us. But uh, what, uh, did you, have you gotten a dog recently? Two dogs. What's the name of the dog that you just got earlier this summer on your dad's birthday? What's her name? For mom's birthday. For no <laughs> it's not working out too well. What's the name of the new dog you got? Rosie. Rosie. Very cool. Oh, yeah. You can put a little blurb in there at Rusty and Rosie for, for Jackie. Can you, uh, can Rose ask you to make some animal noises? Will you do that for us? And she walked away from the screen. So this actually, uh, this is slightly more participation than I got from most of my students yesterday. So that's still, that's not terrible. I'm okay with that. So uh, what you saw was like, this is the, we're crashing. Yeah, we're, like we, you saw the, we're off the wall. We're now crashing because we woke up at 6 a.m. today. Yeah, pre-podcast racing, we had a solid 15 minutes of horsey races between uh, Kennedy and I. She beat me every time. She is, she is fast. She uh, flew around the room. She is fast. And we do, have, we do have video evidence of this. So hopefully we can find a way to, to post this as a quick clip for you guys to see. Uh, Rhodes getting beat up um, by a toothbrush would be, would be nice. All right. Sorry. We tried. So yesterday was our first day with students. Uh, we did a 45-minute. I want to see bugs. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we did 45 minutes uh, with our classes yesterday. Uh, so everybody's kind of talked through like everything, like the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, which is kids having to look at my face over video chat. Uh, but how, how do you guys think the first day went? I think honestly, Rhodes, I think your face is beautiful. I, I would love to be in your classes and stare at you for 45 minutes. That's, that's just my take right away. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, I, I think that uh, I, Interacting with the students is just going to be awkward because I think all of us do a really good job of being in the classroom and building relationships and having kind of that, that interaction piece that makes us successful as, as teachers, you know, besides being um, knowledgeable about the content. So I think that's just going to be weird for all of us and a, a weird transition um, where there is that expectation of being on a Google Meet and being in um, a live session every single day, which we didn't do in the spring. So I think that's just going to be the, the biggest adjustment. but. Besides that, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, for the most part, it went well. I'm definitely going to miss seeing the kids face-to-face. -face. I was really impressed with the attendance on the first day. We'll see if that remains consistent or not. Uh, but I was very happy to see that a majority, not even just a majority, nearly all of my students were signed in and attending the class. I think they have a lot of the same feelings that we do. And from the feedback I get, it's just, it's just odd. It's weird. It's different. It's going to take some getting used to. But I think we'll all get to a place where we have a little more uh, a little more comfort within our virtual classroom setting. Uh, yeah, I would say the good was definitely the attendance also. I was pretty pleasantly surprised, even for my first period class, that almost all the kids were there. Uh, you know, it was at 8 o'clock in the morning yesterday. That makes me feel a little better about what's going on with that. But I feel like you guys are both sugarcoating it a little bit uh, on the air versus what you had previously said off the air. I guess I'll start off with some of the negative. 
Um, again, it was great seeing kids, but man, oh man, was that super awkward. Uh, it was, it wasn't great. Uh, like in my first class, I think there was like 35 kids and like eight of them had their video screens turned on. In my fourth class, like five out of 30 kids had their videos turned on. Like that was, that's a little awkward. Uh, that's different than we're used to being able to interact with kids all the time. Even the biggest thing I noticed was like having kids on mute. I didn't like at all. Like when we started class, all the kids like correctly, like they're supposed to do, had their, had their microphones on mute, but then it's just like me talking into the void. I didn't get like that, that laughter feedback that I like, even the groans, like even seeing kids like roll their eyes, just glare at me like they hate me. Like I, I need that, you know, I need to get something from kids. I can't just have like you looking at their blank avatar, just looking at like their, their muted faces. I need, I need a little more, you know, give and take in the relationship and not just me like talking at people. Yeah, I guess we say the attendance was great, but when the, when the uh, third or half the class is only visible to us, we actually don't know if they're attending on the other end or not. We just see a, a blank screen. So, yeah, that can be a little frustrating. And, I mean, I've described it to people as I just feel like I'm talking to a computer, which that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm talking to a computer. Yeah. You're trying to do your normal lesson, and that's just – it's just so weird. It just doesn't feel right. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, sure, encoding, sure. But you're just a, just a pessimist, Ruin. Like, why, why are you just being so negative about all this? We're going to have a positive attitude about virtual learning. We've been we've, – this is our 41st episode. I, I, it's crazy to, to think about that. But this is the most, like, depressed I've felt being on a show with you in quite some time. Like, this might be the, the moment where our attitudes change going into the podcast. I feel like you're so upset about everything going on, and justifiably so – but I, I do agree. Like when the, the kids come in, it'd be nice. And I understand why there's the, it's recommended that they put their videos on, but it's not required. Like I get why that's part of it, but I, I wish the kids were a little bit more open to discussion and it sucks because, you know, I've had some plans and I know like I've talked with coach Doggett cause he's in, in business marketing PLT with me, but we wanted to do like breakout rooms where the kids would be able to get in small groups and maybe try to facilitate discussions that way and to get them talking so they're not talking in front of the whole group and then we were told like oh well if you can't listen to the entire conversation going on in every single room at every you know the same exact moment then you can't do that right now so I think it's it's going to be hard for us to try to get that conversation piece out of the students and then feel comfortable doing it yeah uh, so like I actually found out that news yesterday after my first class in a meeting with one of our administrators and I was in a word crestfallen. Uh, I was a little <laughs> upset about that because usually like at least the first day of class, like even if like, you know, it's a little awkward, the first days are always super weird, super awkward. Uh, I'm, you know, not the coolest cat in the world and then on a normal day, I'm a little awkward normally, but like, it's just a little uncomfortable. At least you can kind of like hang your hat on. Oh, like I had like some good interactions with kids. Like I got to like get to know a couple kids. Like over this, when you have like 30 plus kids on a Google meet and if you can't go into like small group breakout rooms, that makes it much more difficult to get to know kids. And talking to kids is the best part of being a teacher. So that makes me just very, very nervous. And also just to kind of put a touch on the exhaustion at the end of the day was just, it was kind of odd. You're, you're sitting at a computer and you're live for 45 minutes for, you know, for three classes out of four. So we have a planning period, but throw an advisory. And it was just weird of how tired I was uh, mentally, physically, emotionally at the end of the day. 
um, with it being totally different from a, a normal setting where we're actually standing up in, in the classroom, which I'm still pretty tired on those days. But I just got home and, and crashed, took, took a nap right away, and uh, hopefully have rebounded for the rest of the week. We'll see. And the, the last, like, awkward thing, too, for me, I, like, I know, McConnell, we talked about it, and you might start working from home, but, you know, we've come into the building the last couple days, and it's very weird being in the building and being used to having, you know, 2,000 kids walking around and, and teachers and faculty and staff, and there's only, like, 50 people on campus. So it's really weird being just like in this ominous building and only being able to interact with only a few people, right, in, in person. So it, that's kind of a, a weird thing, and that's going to be for at least the next nine weeks. So that, that's something that I, I kind of am going to have to kind of fight through and get used to. Yeah, as we've talked about before on the podcast, uh, I'm not a morning person. Like the thing that wakes <laughs> me up every day for school is having to come in and just like start like dealing with kids and stuff. And it's not the same. Like, it's just, it doesn't give me the same, like, rush over a computer, at least not yesterday so far. Or it's just tougher to, it's tougher to bring the energy through a computer screen than it is, like, in person. Uh, That's something that I've kind of been a little worried about so far. Another thing, not to just completely just pile on negatives. And again, if I (laughs) like, again, it was great to see students yesterday. That, That was awesome. Like, there were some times where it's just like, this was amazing. It's like a feeling I hadn't felt like in months, uh, which I really, really loved, but I'm very, very nervous. Uh, other thing is like, I don't think people understand that haven't been to high school in a while. Like what, like we have 87 minute classes. We don't do 87 minutes of academic work per day. Like so much of what goes on in school is like beyond academics, just like socialization, just like dealing with people, like having conversations with people. Like that's, that's so much more of what we do as the teacher. And, it's super difficult to even think about planning an 85 minute class period where like you don't get to do those things. Like that's, that makes class like a lot longer without those kind of like couple minutes of, Hey, like talk to your friends about this, what's going on, like work on this by yourselves and we'll talk together, like having a conversation with a kid like that, that almost makes planning an 85 minute class period, like even more daunting. Like what am I supposed to do for 45 minutes? But part of that time is not spent talking to kids. Like what do you even do on a microphone for 45 minutes a day? I mean, I don't know about you, but I teach bell to bell. I mean, you, you basically admitted that you don't teach a full class. So I will not get caught saying that on a podcast. I teach bell to bell. I'm in my classroom when the bell rings. Uh, no, that's sarcasm. Actually, Mr. Rhodes and I have been, uh, we've gotten in trouble a couple times before because we I'm sure why. sit out in the hall. I know. No, I'm telling the truth now that we have gotten in trouble. Oh, I know. I know. You, you, you backtracked and now you're telling the truth. So I'm now good. telling the truth that we have gotten in trouble for standing in the hallway after the bell and talking too much just like we're students. We, we got yelled at and got in trouble. Luckily, Coach Will has avoided that. But uh, yeah, oh, I, might have, I might have avoided the punishment on that day, but <laughs> I feel like there's a reason why, you know, we're the, the three amigos, as I've said before. Like, I, I think we've been a part of those conversations in the hallway to start class a few times <laughs> on multiple days, yes. on multiple weeks. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think just uh, you brought up a point, Rhodes, where like, the, the focus for me, if we have to be in a class with, for 45 minutes, like I don't want to really have to be on a Google meet when I can't see kids and I'm like instructing and going over PowerPoints. Like I, I feel like that part of it is going to be what I assign kids and have them do on their own. 
And I want to try to find ways to try to bring out that engagement um, and, and see if we can, you know, for me, it's easy, like sport entertainment, like that's something that goes on every single day, whether it's good or bad. Like we can talk about how COVID-19 is affecting sports, fans in the stands, impacting revenue, whatever. Like I can bring that up any single day and it can be different every single day. And that can be a general discussion that can last 15, 20 minutes. But how do I set it up to where the kids want to participate? And that's what I'm going to try to do with my live instruction is try to make it more interactive and not so much a focus on like the actual content of the class and then have them focus on the you know the second half of class going and doing some sort of assignment yeah that's what I found yesterday after my first period is that I feel like I just spent way I mean first day you're, you're talking a lot anyway introducing the class yada 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 uh, but I felt more aware of that in the virtual setting for the 45 minutes that first class I just caught myself I was like I gotta stop talking I don't even know if these kids are on the computer anymore right and so I had to break it up and I made adjustments for the next two classes and added in a little more engagement and interaction with some of those students and actually called upon them to introduce themselves a little bit. So that worked out better. It made me feel better. Uh, and hopefully I'll just make those adjustments moving forward too. Yeah, I think that's the big struggle. Not necessarily struggle. That's the big thing for teachers just to have to keep kids engaged. And it, it's not going to necessarily be the same way that we are used to doing in the classroom. Like even yesterday, you know, not to harken back to another depressing story from yesterday for me, but like I asked, we were like doing a little game type thing and I only had like half the kids even typing in answers in the chat. So it's like, we're playing, we're playing a game on the first day and I get like half participation. Like, oh my God, this is like, this is snowballing terribly. So I just am, we just have to try to figure out ways to kind of make sure that kids value the time that we were spending with them which is, you know, potentially even more difficult because of the attendance policy Wake County passed yesterday, basically kind of talking about how kids don't necessarily have to be in front of live instruction to be counted present. As long as they do the work or check in, that can count as being present. What are, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Oh, you go first, McConnell. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah, we're just opening the door for kids to have an excuse, well, not an excuse, but just leaving the door open for them to not have to be there during the live sessions, which – that's what we want. We want them to be there during the live sessions because that's where our, our interactions happen. That's how we build our relationships. But I think um, I think we'll see students kind of take advantage of that. Um, and I think it does help in some cases because students do have jobs and they probably have scheduled uh, working times for different parts of the day. And that might help them uh, for for their setting. But, you know, I also think there's going to be a fair amount of kids that be like, well, I'll just do the work on my own time. I'll do it at midnight tonight and turn it in tomorrow and don't have to worry about the live sessions. So yeah, I think it's, it's going to result in as days go by less and less attendance on our end. Uh, and that's just going to make it more challenging for us as teachers to reach out and really connect with these kids. And that's, that's a huge struggle that we've already identified right now. It's like, how, how are we going to build relationships with screens off and then attendance potentially declining, which I, I foresee that happening, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a huge, huge fan of that one. There's parts I agree with, parts that for me I'm okay with. And, and one, like, I think with the being a part of the live Google Meet, I think I'll see potentially, and you guys might agree or disagree, I might see more attendance just because I have a lot of freshmen in, in my class. And I, I feel like those kids are, are going to want to, like, get involved in the high school and, like, get set up and be prepared, ready to go. Like, I think you guys might have less of that participation with the seniors just because they're probably like, I'm, I'm 
with this. Like I had to go through this in the spring. This is my senior year. Some I, I'm going to see, I'm shocked or I'll be shocked if we don't see a very big increase in like uh, early graduates because they're just like, I don't want to go through the spring semester with this. So um, I think the attendance part will be a little bit tougher for teachers that have upperclassmen. Um, I think I'll benefit just because I have more freshmen in my classes. But for me, like I'm okay as long as the kids are doing the work. And I, I hope that they feel that what we're doing as teachers is engaging enough to where they want to be a part of the discussions. Um, but if no kids show up to my live Google meet and I'm just sitting there, then I can just do extra work. I know that sounds bad. If I prepare the class and I give the kids work to do, if they don't want to sit there and hang out with me and like interact with me, that's allowing us as teachers to maybe get a little bit more done and focus on the students that might need work or have, you know, emailed us help for, you know, specific things. So I think in a way it might be a benefit, but, you know, it could be a disappointing part of teaching when there's no students showing up. So, yeah, one of the things that I think is just like, it's in general in life, it's difficult to do poorly. Just like, it's a big part of the battle is just showing up. So just, just being there and being present is like a good way to kind of put like a floor on how poorly you can do in something. I think school is a great example of that. Um, I'm sure there are kids who probably would do fine not going to the Google Meets and then doing work on their own. But there's also other kids who probably won't. And then like not seeing them every day, not even seeing them in a Google Meet and being able to like address them and say like, hey, like bro, which is how I address students, uh, like make <laughs> sure you take care of this assignment. Uh, like that's, it's just gonna be more difficult to hold kids accountable for stuff when you're not actually ever seeing them or talking to them. Uh, it's like seeing kids in person is a great way to like make them do stuff. And that's more difficult not seeing them in person for sure. And, and I don't want there to be a misconception. Like I, I hold kids very accountable for the work they do and I'm very tough on kids and it's like tough love. Uh, but I, I agree, like the kids aren't gonna do the work. They're not gonna show up and do it. So like, I think it's crap to be honest. Like, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. Like, I think it's crap to, to sit there and tell kids like they can't show up. Like they're waking up if we're meeting in person on a normal day, they're waking up at 6.15, 6.30 to get into our classes. So now we're asking them to, to wake up at 7.15 to get into a class at 7.25. Like, I don't understand why it's very difficult if they have access to technology. Like, okay, I get if they don't, but I think it's stupid that we can't tell these kids like you have to show up to the Google Meet and that's the first process of getting checked whether or not you've attended a class. Like you've gone to the Google Meet, great. You've done the work for the day. That's your attendance. Like I don't think that's too hard to ask. But at the end of the day, like as long as the kids do the work for me, like I'm okay if they're not at the Google Meet. Yeah, I think this is kind of another example of like trying to have perfect be the enemy of good. I think that was a huge issue that the state faced in the spring. Like because they couldn't guarantee that everyone got access to education, then it kind of meant that nobody got one. So it's yeah. like, you know, I think that it's unfortunate, like there are teachers that wouldn't use good judgment on that. They can kind of be like, hey, the expectation is that kids are in class in the Google Meet. And if there's situations where that's not possible for kids and you kind of work around that on a case by case basis, yeah. I'd much prefer that. In general, I'm a, a huge fan of discretion anyway. Like I'm not a fan of like one exactly. size all zero tolerance policies anyway. But I just think kind of allowing teachers to use discretion is a good thing. But again, I understand they don't trust teachers to use discretion. Not all teachers would do that. <laughs> Appropriately, not to name any names in our building. Uh, not that there are any teachers like that in our building, I'm sure. <clears throat> um, all right, so I know we've said a couple of negative things so far. Um, I wanna just go through what was the best, what was the highlight of day one for you guys yesterday? What was the best part of class for you yesterday? 
the end. Good thing you can't see McConnell's facial expression. I don't think he had one good thing uh, from yesterday based on that look. But I'm just joking. I'm sure you had at least one good thing. Um, I'll go first then uh, because of that face. That face. Uh, I actually like the fact you guys talked about it. I was shocked. My second block class is my sports two class. And for those that don't really know how that sports two class is set up, like I have our kids market our athletics teams on campus. So like they create uh, graphics that we post on Twitter and other social media accounts. They uh, create uh, videos and podcasts and interview athletes on campus. Like they do stuff throughout the school year for them and not having like athletics to market, like it's going to be a weird situation for me in sports too, but I had full attendance in that class. And those are the students that I've built relationships with already. I already know, so I can like talk to them a little bit differently um, on a more personal level because I know them. And the fact that I have a class that I like the students already, they're interacting, they're showing up, they want to attend. Like I feel like that class is going to go really well. I can't say the same for my first and third block classes with the freshmen, but I think my second block class is going to be really fun this year. I guess the one thing that went really well, other than attendance, I've already mentioned that. That was, that was really solid to see. <clears throat> um, but the, the icebreaker that I did, which I, I, I don't really care to do icebreakers, but we're just kind of encouraged and pushed to do that. So I did a very simple one that turned out pretty well and had, I would say, a majority of students participate in it. Uh, it's called This or That is the one that um, I used. And so I just gave, the, gave each class um, like two items to compare. And on video, I said, hold up a one or a two. So we, we did sodas first, I think. And I said, hold up a one for Coke or a two for Pepsi. Or you can put it in the chat if you're not on the screen. And so kids really participated. And it, it really got fun and, and, and more interesting when we kind of moved forward with it. So, like, let's say Coke would win the majority. Now it's Coke one and Mountain Dew two. And so they would vote on that. And then we moved. Yeah, Rhodes, you're obviously a two. Yeah, two all the way. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, and then I think it was Mountain Dew versus Dr. Pepper. And then I put Dr. Pepper versus Sweet Tea and so forth. And I think Sweet Tea actually uh, was the winner of that group. And then we did fast food restaurants. And do you want to take a guess as to what was the winner of the fast food restaurants? Cookout, duh. Yeah, cookout, duh, is correct. Yep. It was, uh, I think most classes it was between the final round was Chick-fil-A versus cookout. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty close, but cookout took it, I think, all three classes. So. The, uh, the engagement there was nice, and even though I'm not an icebreaker fan, that one worked out pretty well, um, and we got to do more icebreaker stuff tomorrow, and I'm not, I'm not excited about that. So uh, just two points based off what you said, McConnell. The first point is, like, with engaging students, I think the, the interesting thing that we can do that might make it more beneficial for us as teachers across the board is finding ways to have kids use stuff in their house to potentially interact with us. Um, somebody made a comment about a teacher uh, for their icebreaker like had kids take pictures of their shoes and they like had a comment like on their their favorite pair of shoes or something you know so like finding ways for those kids to use personal items or items in the house or you know their parents are there so if they're doing like a video they can incorporate their parents into it like I think that might provide a, an avenue for that engagement to increase but the second point you guys talk about fast food restaurants Culver's that just opened up in Fuquay Yep. It's the first time I've eaten there. Yeah, Very delicious. I definitely will say for anybody that wants to try it out, you should head over to Culver's. Very good. an Apex too, right? Possibly. I don't know. But yeah, so it's like a Midwestern thing. So my sister lives in Wisconsin. So I've had it Cheese before. Curds. Cheese curds. Like that's their thing. Yeah, that's, that's a Midwestern thing. Uh, uh, I did not get the cheese curds. I'm very upset with myself that I did. I might go there today 
because I just ate it two days ago, I might go there again. They're they're like little mini mozzarella stick balls is all they are. Hey, oh, dude, I, cheese but curds. Come on, man. I'm a, I'm a poutine guy. <laughs> I know what the cheese curds are. Um, but I was going to touch on, you, you said just the engagement and using stuff around the house. Um, so for the first unit, face-to-face, I usually send kids on a scavenger hunt around around the school to find stuff, and they really enjoy that. So I was trying to think of a way to keep that uh, with this whole virtual setting. And there is a website. It's called Goose Chase. And you can download an app called Goose Chase where you basically upload uh, what you want them to do. Find a picture, take a picture of whatever that represents whatever, right? So I'm going to attempt that uh, in a couple of my classes to see if they can conduct a scavenger hunt within their house. Uh, You can also organize them into teams. So maybe that's a possibility to work out some collaboration there too. So yeah, I've thought about that. Like, it's all about how can we try to keep them engaged through a computer screen, and that that's a tough task. Yeah. So speaking of animals with geese chases, and uh, speaking of the icebreakers like that, how much does an elephant weigh? Enough to break the ice. <laughs> uh, so again, when all the students just here were muted. I didn't get that reaction to people shaking their heads and going, God, I hate you so much. Like I, I missed that. I needed that. Uh, yesterday for my icebreaker, I, I tried to do like, would you rather some, would you rather questions? Some ones we've done this podcast before um, and even did some of the riddles we did in the podcast. So the, the, the definitely the highlight was the times where kids were participating. Like in one of my classes, there was like pretty spirited discussion back and forth about stuff. Uh, it got a little out there uh, a couple times of the discussion, but honestly, like at this point I'll take any, person talking okay. like it's if anyone wants to say like you can if you're in my class like say whatever you want to over the mic at any time and i'm cool with that because that is just better than dead silence <laughs> maybe uh, not anything whatever but- <laughs> you want at any time i'm kidding obviously sort of uh but that's kind of yeah like just anything you want to say open mic night so transitioning a little bit from just like school related stuff uh, and this impacts me and Rhodes and McConnell. This would have impacted you if you had stayed as the, the JV basketball coach. But what are what are y'all's thoughts uh, on the initial announcement last week that uh, the sports calendar for, for high school athletics has been pushed to at the earliest start date, November for different sports, kind of continuing through the spring and, and teams are kind of they've moved the fall teams to certain parts of the, the winter and spring. Yeah, I appreciate the fact that they're they're making an attempt, at least, uh, to try to pull off sports this year and trying to provide us with enough time for the whole coronavirus pandemic to, to kind of uh, take ease. But, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. It's not looking great right now, but at least we have a couple more months to see how things kind of play out. Uh, yes, it's going to be quite the cluster in spring of, of everything going on, but uh, I, I like the fact that we're trying to squeeze in sports because it's a, such a vital role in the lives of some of these students and, and us as coaches too. Like we, we love to coach and we love our sport that we coach and we want to be a part of that. So uh, I think if I remember correctly, they're going to be shortened seasons also, condensed seasons. Yeah, there's pretty, pretty much, depending on the sport that you have, the, the max is 14 games. Yeah, for, limitations for, on number of games. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, seasons are going to be like really, really short and tightened up. But, yeah. you know, it, it's a good attempt and we'll just kind of see how it, how it plays out over the next couple months. Yeah, when I was released, like I was, I was legit amped. Like it's great to have like a date that you can like circle on the calendar and look forward to. Uh, it's 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 really good to have. I think that's one of the big issues that like you know the Big Ten's having right now with football. People are upset. There's no actual plan for the spring. Just kind of putting a plan out there and saying, hey, if things get better, like this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing when. Like that's 
that's super exciting uh, to understand that. From a tennis perspective, honestly, season's about the same. So no real issue with that. Uh, basketball will be a little shorter. I know they say they want to do a state playoff. So that would be, again, there'd probably be a lot of overlap. That would be very difficult for multi-sport athletes. Uh, I know there definitely are some at Holly Springs and they could be forced into some tough decisions or kind of missing parts of different seasons uh, or, you know, maybe even doing multiple ones at the same time if they're able to. So that would be tough. I would say the biggest negative for me personally that I saw is, I don't know if you noticed this, Will, but men's soccer and, and basketball have a pretty heavy overlaps. So that would mean that my men's soccer announcing duties probably would have to take a, would have to take a one year, uh, one year break. So that, that would be unfortunate. And, you know, again, I think that's one small thing for me. It's definitely a bigger deal for kids that might not be able to play sports they want to, but you know, it's a bad situation. I think the plan overall is it, it's a great start. I would agree. The, the part that I agree with the most is just having a plan in place. Like I think uh, for me being a fall coach, the thing that was frustrating to me was when the state would say, hey, we're going to go from the middle of June until July. And then they pushed the July date back a couple weeks. And then it was like, oh, we're going to make a decision in August. And it's like, I don't know what to tell my parents. And let alone like if they ask me questions, I'm just getting all the same questions. So it's nice that the state decided to, for me, I'm not sure they were thinking about me as a coach, but at least they made a decision like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And this is how it's going to work. And whether you, you agree with the, the shortened seasons, especially for spring sports, like they're getting screwed twice because they missed their entire season last year. And now they're getting a shortened season this year. But regardless of the, the negative parts about it, at least there's a plan in place where I know as a coach that I can tell my parents, like, we're not starting for the next four months. So stop asking me questions. And then the, the students know, like the athletes are not asking me, like, are we going to have a season anymore? It's like, okay, this is when the season potentially is going to happen. Now, will it happen? Who knows? But at least there's a, a plan in place. But like, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to play. I had a conversation with, with Weitzel about it. And obviously what me and Weitzel talked about, it's not like a final thing. So I don't want people to, to misconstrue what I'm saying, but you know, talking about playoffs, like how do you do playoffs when you're having a short and regular season? And he was talking about like, well, something that's been thrown out might be like you have your conference champion winners and maybe some wild cards that get into the playoffs. Right. So that way you have a shortened playoff that at least has some teams in it. And I think that's really cool because if that was something they did, right, if that's the, the way playoffs went, that gives the kids that are playing those conference games something to play for, right? Not only is it like, okay, we have to win our conference, that puts a lot more emphasis on every single game that these kids play. And I think that allows for that shortened season not to feel so shortened because every single game is going to matter for these kids when they get to play. So I think that would be kind of cool if that's the direction they went, but obviously we, we won't know more about that until September. Uh, and last thing is, so some colleges in North Carolina have, you know, had kids into dorms and started classes and not to have an exhausted list of things that have gone wrong there, but UNC has had multiple clusters, including, at the places where I lived my freshman year, Hinton James, and my sophomore year in a fraternity house. So I'm just like a, as a super spreader 15 years ahead of my time. Uh, ECU's had a dormant issue. Uh, App State's had a football team issue. NC State's had multiple issues. Duke's had issues. So it seems like things are going great. Uh, so what are, what are you guys thinking about what's going on like at colleges, both like with you know kids now, I mean, maybe transitioning to online learning or just the possibility of there being any uh, fall college football <clears throat> it's been a nice trial run for us as a high school and teachers to watch and see how it's 
not working out so well for a lot of these colleges and universities and uh, sports also. So yeah, it's, it's frustrating because that's, that's the first thing that we want as teachers is to get back in the classroom and see the students, but we don't want to rush it to the point of where it just blows up in our face and we go through the same experience that a lot of these colleges, universities are doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, it's sports programs, like I think Clemson football team as well. Uh, UNC kids are now moving back out of their dorms. Uh, and there's some kind of um, middle ground there. Some are staying and some are not, but still, it's, it's kind of a hot mess. Um, yeah, so, so from a teacher perspective in a high school, it's good to see, like, if we would have gone back right now, we'd probably be in the same boat with kids in a tighter setting in a, in a school, you know, 2,000 plus kids roaming the hallways. It, and that would have been disastrous. Uh, and that has shown true, I think, in schools in Georgia, Mississippi, that it's not working out so well. Um, so it's frustrating. Yeah, I want to be back in school with, with students and I, I want to teach face to face, but not to the point of if we're risking people's health and putting people in danger. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, trying to connect it a little bit to things that are going on, you know, like obviously you look at like the professional sports, whether it's the, the NBA or uh, hockey or whatever, like they're very successful because they have all these protocols in place. Mm -hmm and they're able to mitigate certain spreads because of what they've got going on. And I think what you're seeing at these high schools and these colleges is that you can only put so many protocols into place, but if you have in case, you know, in the perspective of the college students, like once they get dropped off and they're on their own, like who's holding them accountable to these protocols, right? Like you can only put so many things in place for these college students. And then with high schools, like we're in a very compact space. So like, how do you, no matter what we do to keep these kids away from each other, what's going to prevent them from following every single protocol? So I think that's the, the struggle or the, the potential issue that that's going on. Um, but on like on a side note, what was interesting to me that, that came out last week besides like the negative numbers and the spreads and things going on and, and, you know, the negativity part of it was the, the situation going on with that saliva test that um, has been talked about that came out from Yale uh, that the NBA kind of helped kind of push through and just got emergency, uh, whatever, whatever the proper term is, I don't know, but they got like an emergency push through by the FDA to, to kind of approve it. Um, and the, the whole main gist of it is that it's like a COVID-19 test that you can do with saliva and it would only cost people like 15, 20 bucks. So it's like a cheaper test that would be more accessible to more people. Um, and the test would come back a lot faster than the nasal test. And they were just making, um, comments about how like if that did get pushed through and the accuracy of it was you know on par with the navel that at least we'd be able to test people a lot quicker um, and maybe that would help with you know the overall situation that's kind of impacting our country obviously it's in kind of the, the minor stages but I think that's you know we're, we're heading in the right direction with stuff like that. Yeah uh, well I'll go back to the first thing about the college's plans. I know we talked about this a little bit with Nate Stone and Trey Redfield a few weeks ago but basically colleges whose plans was you know what kids can come to school but they have to behave responsibly that's that's not a plan that's like saying my plan as a basketball coach is hey if we just make every single shot we take we're fine like sure cool like yes that's a great plan but that's just not like a realistic possible outcome did you see like, the see the article about uh, the ecu police had to shut down about 20 parties at ecu and one of which had about 400 students this was like a week ago 
Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, the thing. they just don't follow the protocols and the rules in place. Again, that's not smart. Like those kids are not exercising good judgment, but at the same time, if your entire health plan is based on 18 to 22 year olds exercising good judgment, like you're screwed. Are you, are you out of your mind? Like, are you kidding me? Like that's, that's not a realistic plan. Like that's just like hoping and wishing. And there's the cynical aspect of it, which is that college is a business and they had to wait till they got the money from kids. They had to wait till those tuition checks cleared past the deadline. They had to wait till those housing deposits cleared. Then it's like, all right, online, we got your money. Like we're good to go. But just at any rate, like just not having any plan is, is totally insane. Uh, yeah. That was just, that lack of plan was, was absurd. Uh, not testing kids before they move into dorms obviously was absurd. And yeah, I think that having like a cheaper test is great. Uh, I think $15 is on a large scale, still a wholly unaffordable test for any institution. But I think on a smaller, like kind of personal one-time use scale, that might be a, a better option. And it's, again, science does crazy stuff. The amount I know about science is not, not tons. Uh, but, you know, it's great that there have been so many people working so hard to try to mitigate the effects of the disease. Uh, one of the best parts about school has been being back and being in a classroom next to you every day. So, Connell, thank you for coming on to join us today uh, and pausing your dad slash teaching duties for a little while to talk to us. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. As always, I've had a lot of fun with you guys, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, we appreciate it, McConnell. Coming up next, we're going to stick with our school theme as we draft school-related movies. But the thought of having to be around crowds making you understandably nervous? Well, there is something better than hotels that allows you to reconnect with nature and your family or partner. The latest trend in urban housing has made its way to vacation rentals, tiny houses. That's right. At glampinghub.com, they specialize in renting tiny homes to people looking for a nice getaway. Just this weekend, there is a lovely tiny house available on a goat farm just an hour outside Melbourne, available for only $94 a night. Flight to Australia not included. No TV, no Wi-Fi, no problem. Climbing a ladder to get into your lofted bed? Very romantic. Want to milk some goats? You are renting the right place. You want to be within 20 minutes of other people? Then you need to check out another place. At their tiny house rentals, the only thing you have to worry about catching is an incurable case of having fun with your loved ones. Glampinghub.com. Enter promo code REALBROS at checkout for 10% off your first day. Real quick, I totally forgot that we had a mailbag question or two to answer from Emma Stone. Uh, she writes, how are y'all doing knowing I'm in each of y'all's classes? Is the excitement overwhelming? Do, do I want to clown Emma right now and really give her some juicy feelings or should I be nice? Like, how should I go with this, Rhodes? Because I You're know she listens. You have her this semester, so you have to see her in class tomorrow. So maybe now's the time to be nice. You don't want to alienate the only Don't you have to see her in class too? I, you I, have nice, next you, I have uh, next Yeah, next semester. Okay. Um, honestly, though, I, I love Emma. Uh, great personality. Uh, she's somebody that's going to do the work, but she's always going to have questions. And that's, for me, that's a good thing, especially um, as, as we discussed with McConnell um, in our future segment. It's going to be nice to have kids that want to interact with us uh, in remote learning. So having her in the class is going to be fantastic. She's a senior, so she gets it. Uh, but I think she just really wants to enjoy her semester as best as possible. And I think it's nice to have somebody that I have a really close relationship with because, you know, I've coached her in soccer. And I think you would agree, like, we, we have a really close relationship with her. Um, 
she's been on the podcast before. We've made fun of her brother with her. So uh, she's great to, to kind of kid around with and, and have, you know, that interaction with. So I'm looking forward to having her uh, for this semester. I would say the excitement is overwhelming. She hit the nail on the head. Uh, honestly, I wish it was January 20th right now so I can have her in my class tomorrow. The fact that I have to wait five more months is it, it's going to be the longest five months of my life. Uh, so Emma, get, get ready, get ready for second semester. Uh, if, if you want Rose, I think she's in third block. Uh, if, if somehow, some way, you know, uh, you, you want to switch off, like I'll, I'll take your kids for 30 minutes and you can take mine. If you're really looking forward to it, so you don't have to wait five months, then we can, we can try to figure something out. You know, doing wife swap teacher edition might not be a terrible idea. So we can, we can look into that. That was a very good reference. So, uh, I, I can actually visualize how that might go. We are going to keep our theme of coming back to school going by drafting movies that take place at school. Unlike our TV show draft in a few weeks ago, this does not necessarily have to be just high school movies. Unfortunately, even though we are going back to school, that classic Rodney Dangerfield movie that gets no respect will not be picked because it's a college movie. Maybe college movie drafts the future possibility for us, but we'll stick with K-12 through today. A lot of great options, and Will, you have the first pick. All right, well, I think... First off, I, I just under the impression I'm going to lose this draft already. Um, I'm going to play up this very sad and uh, depressed feeling uh, that you talked about earlier, and hopefully people can just feel sorry for me and and vote. Um, and talking about feeling sorry, I, I think this next movie, you 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 root for the kids in the movie, um, but you also feel sorry for the fact that they don't have um, really any other friends besides their, their group of three, and they have to use a party to, to really make their profile at the high school work out better. So uh, I, I feel like I can relate to these, these kids, and my first pick is going to be for Superbad. Great movie. I think that came out when, I don't know, not we were different ages a little bit, but I think that came out like right when I was maybe in either just in high school or just starting college. Uh, very, very funny movie. Uh, that's, a, that's a great pick. Yeah, honestly, like, it's a, it's a hilarious movie. Uh, McLovin, every scene with him, I think, throughout the movie is just fantastic. And then, like, Jonah Hill, uh, I don't think people, like, took him that serious as, a, as an actor when he was in that movie. But he plays that character just to a T. And I love his character as well in the movie. One of the funnier things looking back at that movie is, like, uh... think about it. Wait, what's her name? Is it her name Emma Stone too? What's the actress's name? That's Emma Stone, also, right? I, I think I think it is Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Different. Okay, I was I wasn't sure if I was confusing that with our mailbag uh, questioner from earlier, but you know, yeah, Emma Stone is in the movie also, and it's wild that like she became such a huge star, like an Academy Award winning star, I think, after being you know one of the random love interests in uh, in Superbad. Uh, so I think that's like pretty funny looking back at that and seeing too. Yeah, like that, that and her and Jonah Hill like have skyrocketed after that movie. Like Michael Sarah's been in stuff. McLovin really hasn't been in too much stuff, but those two, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone have just absolutely, you know, pushed forward with their, you know, acting career. So great start. Hopefully uh, I can catapult forward just like they did into stardom throughout this draft. All right. My first pick is one that I believe this has been a movie that has already been drafted in a previous draft of ours. Uh, it's not necessarily exclusively about the kids that are in school, but about one very immature, uh, 
hotel heir that is in school, and that is, of course, Billy Madison. Uh, I'm having trouble with that pick. Like, I'm going to let it happen because it's technically about – and we did – you did say K through 12. I think now that you've you asked that question earlier before the podcast started, I can see why you asked K through 12 um, because there's no other way that movie would have made it because I was going more with, like, high school because that's what we teach. Uh, so I, I did say yes to the K through 12 thing and I wish I hadn't because that's a very solid pick um, and very good movie. All right. My next pick, this is perhaps my favorite genre of movies, which is movies that were marketed towards teen girls. Uh, so there's just so many good ones here, but uh, I'm going to pick, I think my favorite one of this, it is the first and one of the greatest movie franchises of all time. I rewatched the movie lately and Let's just say this movie brought it. That movie, of course, is Bring It On. I thought about putting that into my draft board, but I was like, you know what? There are so many other good movies about high school uh, that I, I think just encompass the whole thing. But I do have a, like, I'm always trying to compete with you. So my next pick, like, I'm going to compete directly with you when it comes to movies with girls in it. And I can tell by your facial expression that that might have been one of your choices, but I'm going to compete with you directly. So great pick with the bring it on. And now for my next pick, I'm going to do a movie that has four main characters that are females. It has a actress that kind of has lost her mind in the, the you know, recent um, chain of events, but has Rachel McAdams uh, at one of her finest moments in her acting career. Uh, <laughs> So I'm going to go with Mean Girls as one of my selections to compete against your Bring It On. Yeah, Mean Girls was top four on my board. Uh, it's a great pick. Again, I think I was literally the same age as the characters in the movie, or not the actresses, because they were all like in their late 20s, uh, but the same age as like the characters they play when that movie came out. I know, I think it was after my, in my junior or senior year of high school, like after we took all of like our IB AP tests and kind of like the last couple weeks of school were kind of nothing. I know at one point we convinced four of our different teachers to watch Mean Girls in class. So like in four of our periods, we were just watching Mean Girls. Uh, different rules, man. Uh, Wake County, that wouldn't fly. But uh, that's, Mean Girls is a great movie. I saw Mean Girls on Broadway. It was great. Uh, big, big fan. No, I, I think like, I, I'm not going to pick this next movie, but I, it was... I would have picked the movie Clueless instead of Mean Girls, potentially as like my fourth pick. But I think Mean Girls is better for me because it's a more relevant, like recent movie. And I think more people will connect with that. As if. <laughs> Very good. Very good point. Um, nah, they show that clip in the, uh, the telephone commercial now. Nah, he's not. Um, but for my next pick, uh, I'm going to go away. We, for me, Superbad's kind of got the focus point of uh, the, the four guy or the three guys and the, their, you know, friendship. Then Mean Girls is kind of about the, the aspect of the, the females and how they interact. So for my next pick, I, I want to kind of go with a movie that just kind of doesn't focus on the, the male aspect or the female aspect, but more just generally uh, the high school experience. Um, so for me, and this might put me in a little bit of trouble because I don't think a lot of people either have watched this movie um, and might not know it because it's a little bit older. Uh, but um, I think this is just like a quintessential 
movie that if you want to talk about high school students and just different types of personalities, you know, you have the the jock in it, you have the the rebellious uh, guy in it, you have the the quirky teen in it, you have like the the hot shot uh, female in it, like you have just different personalities and and might not apply to today's high school setting as much, but I think it does a good job of kind of having those different personalities, and that's the Breakfast Club. Definitely a classic, uh, an archetypal movie that I think every single TV show that has high school kids in it has done a Breakfast Club ripoff. And honestly, those episodes are always great. Uh, there's a reason why they're always great. If you put a bunch of kids that are very different personalities in a room together like, and make them talk to each other, like, that's going to be movie magic. Uh, John, Hughes, John Hughes made a great one. Well, I, thank you. That was, that was a lot of um, support for my, my selection. I appreciate it. All right, so my first two picks, I've gone with two movies that definitely like take place in school, but they're not like quintessential high school movies. Like Billy Madison's like an Adam Sandler vehicle for being insane. Uh, Bring It On's like very cheerleadery. There's kind of less focus on them in school. This next movie is kind of more of a quintessential movie, has everything you'd want in a high school movie. It's got a love story. It's got the dorky kids, the cool kids. Uh, it's got romance and it's got an Academy Award winger belting out a song in the bleachers of his school. And that is one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, man. Honestly, I can't believe I did not have that movie on my, my board. Like, I, I did research and before we got on, and that, like, didn't even pop up on the, the top 50 list. And that is a great movie. Like, that might be – that would have been – my top pick like I, it would oh. push everything down <laughs> that would have been like that that is a great movie uh i think keith ledger in that movie is fantastic and even the supporting actors i, I think everybody just plays their role so great in that movie and that final scene where she reads the poem that that hits me every time i think i, I shed some tears every time i hear that poem that gets you in the feels every time Oh yeah, it, it definitely my everything just everything just wraps wraps up into emotional roller coaster. Yeah, just everything about that. Uh, like the the I don't know if I say this the the guy the other the other love interest for the uh, for Julia Stiles' little sister Alex Mack. Uh, he's just like the perfect quintessential high school like pretty boy. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's amazing. Uh, the teacher, the English teacher, who's just like oh god, like that's. It's just every little part of that is just so well done. It's, it's a great movie. Dude, that, that English teacher, I feel like it, me and you, like that, that's us as, as teachers in a movie. I be as openly derisive towards a girl who's going through some stuff. I think yeah. it would be that openly derisive towards the guy who deservedly got his comeuppance. Um, but no, I don't think we would have done that Julia Stiles like that. Yeah, well, I, I have, I, I will admit, like if a kid is bothering me, and they just need to like take a walk outside. Like I'll just be like, get out, get out. I won't send them to the, the front office or to, to detention, but I'll be, get out, go get some water, go take a lap, get out. All right. My last pick, a lot of different ways I can go with this. Um, Clueless is up there for me. Uh, Grease is up there for me. Uh, my Ooh. favorite 80s high school movies, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, that's like another like great quintessential, like archetypal mm -hmm. high school movie. Again, not necessarily one that's appropriate to watch in school. Some other great ones. I don't want to give you too many great ideas for other movies that I like. I got this on the list, But the movie I'm going to pick 
centers around an elementary school. Oh, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. I think my sister, this was her favorite movie when we were growing up. I probably saw this movie over 100 times when I was a kid. Uh, I love it. Even though it doesn't model like being great principals, uh, it has a great teacher in it. Uh, and of course, the movie I'm talking about is Matilda. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I know why you did the K through 12. Matilda is good. I, I will say that I can't, like Matilda's so cute in that movie too. Like she's such an adorable character. I, I, can't, even, I can't even say bad things. Like you're going to get the cute factor in this draft. No doubt about it. Billy Madison and Matilda. Gosh, there's so many good young actors in those movies. Matilda's such a good movie. Like, every part of that's so great. Like, the, the parents, like, Danny DeVito and, like, Rhea Perlman, they're great. Uh, like, Matilda getting her powers. Uh, it's also, like, a very pro-literacy movie. Uh, very few movies are just, like, as pro-reading as Matilda is. Uh, Matilda loves to read. And eventually, of course, goes to school with, like, the trunch. Uh, and again, uh, as a teacher, I can honestly say, I've never threatened to send a kid to the chokey. So right away, <laughs> I know I'm not the worst educator in the history of, of you know, schools. But Rhodes may or may not have told one of his seniors that was acting up to have to eat his entire bowl of salad in one setting. Um, so that actually, one of the scenes <laughs> in the movie where uh, Brucey has to eat the entire chocolate cake, I actually show that as an example of an economic concept we talk about in class, the law of diminishing marginal returns. Like, one piece of cake, like, amazing, but, like, bro, the more cake you eat, like, the more unpleasant it is. Uh, so that actually does a great job explaining uh, an economic concept. So I show that scene in class. Well, he gets again, so happy at the end. They start cheering, and then he eats it, and he's like, ah! Again, it's not, it's not a perfect, you know, <laughs> again, obviously, in real life, no principal can keep the kids for an all-school assembly until 7 o'clock at night. We can't even make kids turn their cameras on in class, so we're not keeping them at school until 7 o'clock. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a great feel-good story. Okay. All right. Very solid pick. So the, I'm going to throw out some movies that I was going to go with or thinking about, but because of your K through 12, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. All right. Um, so these are some movies that I would suggest based on our conversation so far. Dazed and Confused is another one, I think kind of similar to Ridgemont High, where it kind of does the whole experience with all right all right all right matthew mcconaughey on on point so i I think that would have been my if you would have picked uh that fast time at ridgemont high i would have gone with dazed and confused um you talked about clueless so another fun 1980s movie that i really was thinking about getting was ferris bueller's day off Uh, i think that would have been a great selection for those that you know have seen the movie our students don't like coming to class and they skip all the time. It'd probably be great for them to watch that movie. Um, joking, don't, don't watch the movie and get any ideas. Um, but there was one movie, actually two movies that are, are a little bit more darker um, themes that I was thinking about and I didn't want to go too dark with my selection. So the first one was Donnie Darko. Like that was one with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a very weird movie. Um, the, main actor you know he's going through some some depression and things but they that time travel and all this stuff and there's a bunny that's like weird it, it's kind of freaky um but it's a really good movie if you actually watch it from start to finish and you can kind of get through it um it makes you think a lot about some things uh but also i saw this movie sometime over quarantine i thought it was fantastic it was the perks of being a wallflower i don't know if you've seen that um that 
has Emma Watson in it um, and some other actors in it. But, you know, it's about some teens that are kind of going through some things that are kind of part of the maybe not the, the social group that's not as, you know, popular, but um, it's a great movie. So those are the movies that I was going to go with. But you went K through 12. So I'm going to go with this movie. You're talking about Matilda and some, some magical powers going on. For me, something that's magical is going on a treasure hunt with your favorite buddies and finding the treasure that allows your family to stay in its town with the help of your high school brother and his high school crush. And that's the Goonies. Does that take place in school? Are they in school during that? Uh, no, but it's middle school and high school kids. <laughs> it's not just a kid's movie. I could have like said the Sandlot, which is movies yeah, but, about kids. Okay, so, so, I mean, I've never actually seen the movies, so I, I, which is actually kind of a big blind spot for me. So you can put it if you want to, but I don't think that's like has anything to do with school. Well, if you think of you, you were saying that Ferris Bueller's Day Off would have been a, a but a lot thing. of it takes place in a school. Like one of the main characters is like the assistant principal. Yeah, but he's the, the, the characters that they're focusing on are the students that are skipping school. So it has nothing to do with school. That's, I think, a lot more school. Like, do they even mention school in the Goonies? Uh, they, they talk about like not being like in their homes and not being able to like, they talk about, you know, the brothers not going to be able to, to be there anymore. And I don't know, like she's a cheerleader. She got the cheerleader outfit on the whole time. He's like the the strong jock, the older brother. And then you got these different personalities of these kids. Like if I think it's a great, it, if you want to pick it, that's fine. Uh, fine, fine. I, nobody's gonna vote for this anyways because they're not gonna listen to this segment. So I'll pick one of the movies I talked about. You know what? I won't even pick one of the movies I talked about. I'm gonna go with a fourth movie that I think everybody has liked. It has Jonah Hill in it, as we talk about Jonah Hill. It also has Channing Tatum in it. And it's a great combination of comedy and I don't know if it's any appropriate on how to do a drug bust, but 21 Jump Street is going to be my selection because they're in a high school setting. That's a great That's movie. Fourth pick. No Goonies, 21 Jump Street, let's go. Great movie, appropriate pick. A couple more movies I want to talk about. Dead Poet Society, also a little dark, but great movie. Robin Williams. Very good, very good, yes. Uh, for other dark movies, Heather's. Um, that is super dark, uh, but also a really good movie. Is it, um, not to cut you off, is the show Heathers, is that kind of the same premise? I would, I, I assume so. I'm not really sure. Okay. Cause I've heard the show and I didn't realize it was a movie. Yeah. Movie with, uh, Ashley Judd. Uh, and then, uh, no, is that right? I think uh, so. Maybe. We know, Winona Ryder. Sorry. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Uh, Winona Ryder. Uh, also Election. Great movie with Reese Witherspoon. Uh, Matthew Broderick. That's a classic. And then if we're going with um, movies about teachers, maybe the best movie about teachers is uh, Stand and Deliver. That's a classic. Uh, and then also School Ties, Boarding School, like, uh, like old 1930s, 40s boarding school movie. Great movie as well. Uh, there are some other uh, nominees. In case you want to watch some movies with all your free time that you have, while you have your class, uh, where you have your video off and you're on mute in class, you just watch a movie instead of paying attention to your teacher. So it's a great, great advice for everyone. Yeah, you, you were talking about older movies, and the, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's, uh, if you've ever watched the show Quantum Leap or heard of it, I forget the name of the actor, but um, they, he's like a, I think he's a summer school teacher, if I'm not mistaken, but there's a, there's a movie where you have a teacher that, and it, it might not even be him, it might be a complete different person, but um, the teacher is like teaching summer school, and it's got all these different characters, and 
uh, he's just helping them graduate. And then like the kids have to take a test at the final, um, the final part of the movie. And, and that's really good. I'll, I'll try to figure out the name and maybe I can put that on out on Twitter uh, when we put the vote out. Sounds great. And again, uh, I got to run off to a meeting because we are at school. Our first episode we've taped inside the friendly confines of Holly Springs High School. Uh, I forgot there's a meeting that I'm right now six minutes late to. Uh, but make sure you vote for Will so he doesn't cry on Twitter at marketing underscore HSHS or Instagram. And again, if any of you guys have any teaching ideas for us, we are all ears. I am not turning away anybody who has suggestions for us. Absolutely. Give us some uh, ideas about how we can impact your learning this fall and, and make it as productive as possible. Uh, see you all next week. Peace.